0: It's Wednesday night, and we have been studying on the spirits in prison. It is a subject that's going to lead us right into Christmas, not the birthday of Jesus. Christmas is paganism, and I'll show you why. Now, we started with First Peter 3, and I'm going to give you some things here. I'm going to try to keep this. I've never heard anybody teach on this. I teach on words more than anybody I know. And I'm talking about the Greek words of the New Testament, the Hebrew words of the Old. Now, I believe if you if you ignore that, you're ignoring the real in-depth truth. I believe that the English language is a harlot language. It is selling out the truth. Uh it's selling the truth for a lie i don't really believe in the in the english bible i use the king james bible because it comes from the what i believe is the original text the textus receptus and i go into that i use the greek text the strong's exhaustive concordance will only give you so much of a word It'll give you the basic word, but it's changed. I always put it on the board this way that if you take the word the I put this up here so many times. The is a definite article. And the has twenty four ways to spell thee. There are no indefinite articles in the Greek in Greek. Indefinite articles are A and An. If you have a something or an something, it means there can be another. The means it's only one of a kind within the context. The. How do you find out if it's an indefinite article? It has to go with the context of Scripture. Now, the, you've got singular plural and the. You've got masculine, feminine, neuter, gender under the singular, masculine, feminine, neuter, gender under the plural. Then you have the cases. That's where it is in a sentence. You've got nominative, uh, nominative, genitive, dative, and accusative case. Dative, accusative. And genitive, nominative, Nomative. nominative means either the subject of the sentence or the predicate nominative. You say, Jim, I don't understand that. It's real simple, very simple. If you got Jim is the pastor pastor is the predicate nominative it is the meaning in the predicate has the same meaning as what the subject is Jim is the subject is is the verb when you got a predicate nominative you always have to have a being verb in the middle of that so that this can equal to this That's what it is. It's real simple. That's a predicate nominative. So therefore, you got one, two, three, four. You got one, two, three, four, five, six ways to spell the in the predicate nominative or in the in the subject. You got you got three ways to spell it in the singular three ways to spell it in the plural. People say, well, that don't seem to make any difference to me. Well, it does completely. Genitive is, shows possession. Possession, either in the singular or the plural, depending on if it's masculine or feminine. Masculine is male. Feminine is female. Neuter gender means it's a thing. It's just a table or a car or or whatever. That would be, that would be uh, neuter gender. So in the singular, plural, you got six ways to spell something. That way, genitive means like baptism of repentance. Well, I've said this before, but let me emphasize this: the fact that it is genitive case means. That baptism, when you look up repentance, anywhere it says baptism of repentance, that means repentance possesses or owns baptism. Just the fact that this is genitive case means that baptism cannot possibly be water, because repentance doesn't possess water, does it? At all. Baptism of repentance is a blood baptism, that's debt to self. Dative case is the indirect object. Indirect object. Accusative case, I gotta define both of these at one time. Accusative case is that of direct object. Do you know that this is basically everything? If you know the direct object and the indirect object and the predicate nominative and the subject, you know basically, just add a few other things and you've got all of the basic English. Accusative case means the direct object. Direct object always has an action verb which receives the the, the direct object, receives the action, of the action verb in a sentence Jim through the ball through is an action verb action verb ball receives the action of the verb from Jim but if I said Jim through John he didn't throw John; he threw John the ball. that would be the indirect object or the dative case. The accusative case would be would be uh, receive the action of the verb that would be the ball that you know those few things, and you'll be able to study a whole lot more than you are studying now, let's go back over here. I'm going to bring out some things. This is going to take us to Christmas. All right. Let's go back over here to 1 Peter and look at this. I want to put some things on the board and try to make this as simple as I can. All right. It's not it's not hard. It's just detailed. That's all. Now, i found that if you'll stop and think, anybody can learn simple, common things. Don't think, oh, I'm just going to solve it all at once. No, you're not. Learn one thing at a time. Everything that I teach, I learn one at a time. Even when I put these English things on the board, that is not college English. That's not even 12th grade English. What I put up here about the nominative. Maybe they don't teach that in school today. Do they teach that today in school? What pretty nominees are and direct objects. I learned that somewhere around the ninth or 10th grade back in 1953. That's when I learned it. I thought it was pretty easy at the time and I was just a kid. Now, let's go back over to First Peter. We're talking about the Gentiles coming to the light. Talking about Gentiles... Coming to the light, to light, we're talking about they were in prison. Let's go ahead and read this, First Peter 3 and 18. For Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God bring us to God being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit. Anytime you see a couple of phrases or three phrases that express a happening, you can put that happening down. Death in the flesh, this is what Christ suffered, death in flesh and quickened by Spirit, I don't believe people really get a hold of a lot of this in one session because it's something I have studied over and, over and over and over and over and over again until I get a clearer picture of it, but there's more to it than that when I gave you I gave you all this it has to do with this right here. this is the earth oh this is the sun. Here's the earth going around the sun. And if you'll notice, on this has to do with light and darkness and the Gentiles coming to the light. If you'll notice, it'll have winter and summer. Why do you think that is? It'll have winter on this side of the earth and summer on that side. Why do you think that is? It's a real simple answer. Huh? I can't hear you. Somebody speak up loud.
1: The earth is closest to the sun.
0: Well, no, it's got winter on one side of the earth and summer on the other.
1: It's the tilt. Right there. The tilt of the earth.
0: Well, the tilt of the earth is everything. The tilt of the earth is 23, 23 and one-half degrees. But when it is winter here in the northern hemisphere, what is it down here in the southern hemisphere? It's summer down there. (laughs) That's the whole point. It's summer down here, and it rotates like that back and forth. And you'll see it over here. It says summer on the top and winter down here. It'll have autumn and spring. It's because when it's autumn here, down in Nicaragua or down in Argentina, it's just the opposite. It's spring. That's because the earth is tilted like that. And when the earth gets over here to, it's tilted away from the sun, it's darkness, darkness, and it's and when the when the earth turns and when it continues on its circle around the sun you get over here and it's it's uh, it may be over here it's winter and over here it's summer it's tilted towards the sun well that has to do with the gentiles coming out of darkness let me go ahead and read this Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit. One word will describe death in the flesh quickened. Z O O P O I E O. Zumpoeo means to make alive. That's the word quickened. Make alive. So, to be death and made alive. The word resurrection means to come to life, come to life after dying. Anastasis means to come to life. That's the word resurrection. Come to life after dying. So you can just actually say, and that is the resurrection. And the Bible teaches us that the resurrection is the gospel. Then First Corinthians fifteen one through 4. four, First Corinthians. I declare unto you the gospel, how that Christ was dead, buried, and resurrected again the third day. That's what the the resurrection is the gospel. So therefore, you can just put the gospel in that in place of being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. But the gospel is the means by which He went and preached unto the spirits in prison. That's not talking about Jesus going down to hell. That's talking about. The spirits that were in prison were the Gentiles. Now prison prison is the word phylake. Phylake means the division. This do you know how many people have discussed the spirits in prison, have never defined any words? Every preacher and doctor of theology I've ever heard. And I've listened to everyone I could on the spirits in prison. They all just trumble and trip and stumble all over the place. And I think the spirits in prison, what do you think of spirits? And they talk in a circle, all of them. I'd like to listen to how Lindsay explained this. Or Jack Van Wimpy. Those guys are just clowns when it comes to theology. It's not deep. It's definition. Philake, prison. The division of day and night
1: or light and
0: darkness. That is what the word "prison" means. Let me go ahead and give you what forgiveness means. Since I put that up here, forgiveness is the word "aphesis," a p h e s i s, a p h. This is forgiveness. a p h e s i s aphesis Ophesis means to pardon and release
1: from prison
0: but this is not for this is not free forgiveness you can't go around forgiving people for free the Bible says, if your brother trespass against you, there in the 17th chapter of Luke, rebuke him. And only if he repent, if he repent, then you forgive him. But forgiveness, to forgive A-P-H-E-I-M-I means to just to wipe that off the slate and you send him away send away to do whatever he wants as if nothing or no trespass had ever happened now a lot of people say I'll forgive him but I'll watch him real close that's not forgiveness. You let them go. If they repent, they have to repent after their rebuke. So if God forgives, a man, ha- he's only let out of prison. You don't go out here. There used to be a man out here, at River Bend Maxim- Maximum Security Prison out here. He used to go out there and preach every Tuesday night and every Friday night and I would go in the prison into a lockdown area and there were some dangerous guys out there I mean I'd walk in the middle of them they had several guys as big as Glenn here some of them were a lot bigger and they had arms that big all they could do was work out all day long and one of them looked like Muhammad Ali except he was more muscular it was about 6'3", and he walked up to me one time, and he put his arms around me and just hugged me. And I thought, wow, this guy could crush me if he wanted to. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And he was real humble, and he said, Jim, I can't listen to your, t- your cassettes. You'll have to take these back. I said, you keep them. I'll get you a cassette player. We had to have it ordered from a company. They could send it in so there'd be no contraband in it. And so we finally sent him one. And some of those guys were humongous guys. But there was a guy out there named Rhino. They called him Rhino. They said he had the strength of a rhinoceros. They called him Rhino Gant. Never forget his name. They said he was a danger to everybody out there. They had to go out and lock him up, lock him down. As was taking him out. And he was so dangerous they had to set him up a place in his cell where he could go outside from his cell into an area where he wasn't in contact with nobody else. They said that guy could kill you at the drop of a hat. And you don't go out there and say, Rhino, well, we want to forgive you of your sin. He'll pull your head out of its socket it, and beat you with it, is what he would do. You don't tell him you're going to forgive him unless he is repentant. He's got to show works worthy because works of repentance. But when you repent, it's because you've been rebuked. And then you're pardoned. And a pardon is not a parole. That's not what it is. When these guys have a pardon signed, the governor signs a pardon and marks it off the books as though it had never happened. That's what a pardon is. Just the same thing as I for me. Forgive. This is forgive. This is forgiveness. So, what was it that people weren't forgiven? They were in prison. In the Old Testament, the Gentiles, they were in prison from Adam until Jesus. And the Gentiles, what is a Gentile? That's everyone that is not a Jew everyone that's not of the lineage of Adam through his son Seth through Enosh Canaan, Mahalalel, Jared and this goes down to Noah and Lamech not Lamech Methuselah then Lamech and then Noah and then Shem and it goes on down in that Genesis the 11th chapter goes to Abraham Isaac and Jacob This is one family that comes from Adam. One seed. It's one flesh. So when the Bible says God's going to part of his spirit on all flesh, that means that began to happen. It's prophesied back here. I said it last week that Isaiah Isaiah prophesied the Gentiles coming to truth any time you see light that has to do with truth. Jesus Jesus said, "I am the light of the world. The light equals truth. Darkness equals untruth or lie." And the Gentiles were living in a lie from Adam, from Adam, not through Adam, but from Adam all the way down to Jesus. God made provision for a certain few Gentiles, and he could make whatever exceptions he want. I believe Nebuchadnezzar was a believer when he said, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, Daniel four thirty five, he doeth according to his will in the hours of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand. I love the word stay, it's a Hebrew word. That means stop his hand when he moves to do something. None can stay his hand or say to God, What doest thou? That's after Nebuchadnezzar was put on his all fours. You read that story in Daniel the fourth chapter. Put down on his all fours till his his hair grew out like bird's feathers and his fingernails grew out like bird claws. Must have been about uh, seven months until seven times. He just grew out and when God struck him down on his all fours and made him eat grass with the cattle of the field, when he came to his right mind, he stood up on his feet and said, All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing he does according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And nobody can stop the hand of God. He said, I will do what I will. I believe Nebuchadnezzar was a believer. I believe Rahab the harlot was a believer. She was in the land of Canaan when Joshua went in to take the land. We don't know exactly what what uh, tribe she was if she was a Hittite or a Perizzite or whatever but she was a heathen I believe Ruth who was a Moabite she was a believer but God would make certain exceptions to people and the Gentiles at large did not have the truth Isaiah the man talks about the Gentiles coming to truth I'm just going to read two verses I read to you last week then I'm going to get on with some other verses but go back over here, go back over here to Acts, the 26th chapter. I love this. <clears throat> I keep saying that Isaiah was the Old Testament Paul, and Paul was the New Testament Isaiah. They both had the exact same job of telling the Gentiles. Isaiah said, Gentiles, you're going to come to God's light. You're going to come to forgiveness and be pardoned and released from prison. This goes back to the horizon. Horizon. The Fulake. It's the word prison in the Greek. It means the division of day and night or light and darkness and dark. And remember, darkness has to do with untruth or a lie. You know something else that would have to do with That would be another Jesus that Paul spoke about in 2 Corinthians 11 and 4. Some will come preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Light would be preaching the true Jesus. So, now, the horizon... We know what that is. That is horizo, H-O-R-I-Z-O. The word prohorizo is the word predestinate. People say, I don't believe in predestination. Then you don't believe in the Gentiles coming to the light. It was a Gentile church that Paul was writing to. When he said in Romans 8 and 29. For whom he did foreknow. He also did proho ridzo. Predetermined for the horizon or the light. He's saying that to a Roman church. I don't know what I put little up there for. It. To the light. He's saying to a Roman church. Romans 8 29. Those people that he foreknew. Prognosco. I believe he had this in mind when he said this. Prognosco. Those that he knew intimately beforehand that were Gentiles, he's predetermined them for the light, for the truth. That's why he said so much to the Gentile churches You were darkness, but now you light in the Lord. They were darkness over here in the Old Testament, they were in the dark. Are in no truth in dark, and no truth that's where they were now, look over here in acts, just to kind of verify this acts the I'm going to try to make give you some things that would just be real simple so we can see this acts the twenty sixth chapter. Paul is standing before Agrippa. Agrippa was a Herod. Agrippa.
1: He was a Herod king.
0: Now the Herodians, the Herods were not from Israel. Where does the king of Israel have to come from? Ah, huh? that's where Judah. Judah. And who was Judah? Fourth son. Ah. Huh? Fourth son of
1: Jacob.
0: What? The fourth son of Jacob. Fourth son of Jacob. That's what it was. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel in the thirty-second chapter of Genesis. Let me see if I can find something here. With so here in Israel, the the king has to come out of Judah, but the Herods were from they were Idumean kings. Idumea. Idumea was another name for. The descendants of Esau, south of Israel, down in this area down here. How in the world did they become kings? Well, Israel was being ruled by Rome up here. And these guys from Esau, the land of Esau, would go over here and court the emperor and get him to appoint them king in Israel since all of Israel wasn't home from the captivity. Only southern Judah was home. Only Judah was home. Judah was comprised of the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. Well, you say, if if Judah was there, why didn't they appoint a king from there? Because they didn't want problems from Judah. And the northern Israel was Ephraim, the twelve, the 10 northern tribes. And you couldn't have a king there without having the owner, and the owner of Israel was Ephraim. That was the second-born son of Joseph. You could say the owner of Israel was Joseph, the 11th son. So these guys were courting, uh, courting, they were courting the kings of the empire, and they would set them up and let them be a puppet king for them down here in Israel. And they didn't... They had no place in God's word to be the king. But they got to recognize something because the man in charge was was the Herod. The Herod at this time was Agrippa. You had many Herods that had been there. You had Herod Antipas, uh, the Herod that was there during the life of Jesus. You had many Herods. Now, here in the 26th chapter... Herod is the one that says to Paul, he says, uh, read, read a little bit of this. Then Herod said unto Paul, you're permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. I think, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before the touching of all things whereunto unto I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all the customs of the Jews and questions which are among the Jews. Therefore, I speak thee, speak to thee to hear me patiently. And he goes on to say, I've, been, I've lived as a Jew, which you knew me from the beginning. If they would testify that after the straightest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And it is Herod here that says, "Well, almost you've persuaded me to be a Christian, uh Paul, that's where they get that song almost persuaded and and so forth. Well, he said, "You're permitted to speak for yourself, so Paul begins to relate to Herod, Agrippa. He begins to relate to him his his experience on the road to Damascus in the ninth chapter of Acts. And he talks about how he met Jesus out there. And in verse 15, Jesus said, uh, Paul says, Who art thou, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of those things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from from the people and from the Gentiles, unto um, whom now I send thee. I'm delivering you from the Gentiles, and I'm going to send you to them. To open their eyes. They have been blind all through the Old Testament. They've never been able to see. They have been in prison are in darkness and I'm going to blind the eyes of the Jews right before Jesus comes in Jerusalem to be crucified and he looks out over Jerusalem and says if that's known in the, this thy day the things that belong to thy peace now they're hidden from your eyes and you are blinded and their eyes will not be opened till way down the line to the end of time and of time and then he's going to appoint Paul to be a message to the Gentiles everyone that's not a Jew and Paul will be their messenger and Peter will be a messenger to the Jewish people says that in Galatians the second chapter Galatians the second chapter Now, I'm pointing, I'm getting at, I'm getting at the light in the darkness. They were in darkness. We went through a whole bunch of verses last week. How the Gentiles were in prison or in darkness. Darkness equates with no truth is shining to them. Now, keep reading. To open their eyes. When this reminds me of two verses. Luke 4.8. Luke four eighteen and Isaiah sixty one and one. Jesus stands in in Luke four eighteen. This'll help you to see this. Look at Luke four eighteen. Luke four and verse eighteen. Jesus is approached by the Pharisees and they say Rabbi Jesus, would you like to speak? And he says, yes. And he usually takes up the word where the rabbi had left before. And it's time for him to be introduced to the world. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. They emptied out. You have to be emptied in order to have the gospel or the resurrection preached to you. Poor P T O C H O S. Emptied out. Got to be emptied of self. Emptied out. The writers say that word. Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of God. Poor means it has the idea of a beggar standing in the shadow, saying, Lord, whatever you'd have me to have. You don't start naming and stipulating a new car and a new house. It's whatever you want me to have, Lord. It's like a beggar. So he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You've anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he says, and he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Now David said in Psalms the fifty first chapter, a broken and a contrite heart that will not despise to the broken hearted and to preach deliverance it's a really interesting word. Deliverance to the captives. Captives in what? In darkness, in prison. Now that word deliverance, I had a country music semi-star see me at the post office one day and he said, referring to this verse, he said, we had a deliverance ministry over this guy and we stood over him for 12 hours and, and prayed and shouted and carried on and like a bunch of heathens. That word deliverance doesn't mean deliver somebody from the devil and get the demon out of him. That's not what it's talking about. Deliverance is the same word. This verse says forgiveness of Deliverance to the captives in prison. Jesus said, that's what I came for, was to introduce the Gentiles to the gospel. That's amazing, isn't it? Now look what he says. And to, in recovering of sight to the blind. It's not talking about the literal blind. It's talking about the same thing he says over here in Acts 26, the verse I just read, to, open their eyes the Gentiles eyes they haven't been able to see over here the si- hearing and the seeing eye of the Lord has made even both of them to open the eyes of the Gentiles who's lived in prison in the dark for 4,000 years can you see that this is not hard B- bringing of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised the word is crushed T H R A U. This is the word bruised. Throw means crushed. And to set at liberty means to bring them out of prison and forgive them. And Paul said, That's what I was sent to do. Now, let's run over here to Isaiah 61. This is the verse that Jesus was quoting when he said that in Luke 4.18. Isaiah 61. And we read this last week because it's, it's about those very words. Forgiveness is pardoning and releasing from prison the Gentiles. Without these verses, we're all Gentiles here. We wouldn't have a chance if God hadn't There's no Jews here, are there? No literal Jews. We're all spiritual Jews. And Isaiah 61. And you can match it up with Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus' very words. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I flipped away from my Luke all right I just want to get back to Luke Luke 4 18 all right let me just read it one at a time and sometimes when you're reading read the Old Testament verse along with the New Testament verse all right the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. It says the gospel in, let me show you something. It's really good. Good tidings, you remember when he said in Luke, the first chapter, good tidings of great joy to all people. That word good tidings of great joy is the word E U A G G E L I Z O. U Angelizo. It comes from E U and A G G E L O S. Angelos is the word angel, but the better translation is messenger. And U means good or well messenger. That is good tidings of great joy. That is also the word. It's the word, one word in the Greek, but it's been translated, preach the gospel. It's our word evangelize. Preach the gospel is the same word as evangelize. So when he says good tidings over in, In uh, Isaiah 61, and he says good tidings, you try to say good tidings in the New Testament, preach the gospel, and the gospel is the resurrection, that he's going to preach to the spirits that were in prison, all the Gentiles, the Gentile elect, let me put it that way, the Gentile elect, well, let's read that, finish reading that in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel, the good tidings, unto the meek. That's the gospel, and the meek, a n a y, that's also the word, humble, meek, a n a y, i n a h, a n a l, is the word. To afflict the soul on the day of atonement, and that's the true fast in Isaiah fifty-eight. Oh no, these they go together. Let me finish reading that, and then I'll get back over to Paul. The and he says to proclaim liberty to the captives. The liberty that's pronounced to the captives that Jesus says here and he says it in Luke four eighteen, same words. So if he changes the word to a Greek word over there, whatever the Greek word is over here in Luke four eighteen Luke four eighteen, he says, I'm to preach the gospel. The go- preach the gospel. That's the word euangelizo. And he says, he says, good tidings over here in Isaiah 61. One, good tidings. So good tidings, good tidings and preach the gospel have the same meaning. In fact, when you see good tidings of great joy, it is the word euangelizo, meaning preach the gospel. It's all equal. So you won't find any anything in the Old Testament that's quoted in the New where it doesn't meet the exact same translation. Do you see that? Yep. And I know preachers are not going to preach this to you because they don't know about it. Now, all right. Now let's go back over to Paul in Acts 25. So Paul and Isaiah are saying the same things so he says here and and you know how many times I've thought about this and preached it and learned more and more and more about it I could go slower I guess I should so preach the gospel is the same thing as good tidings of great joy in Luke 4 it says notice this in Luke, the the first chapter, Luke, the first chapter, where the shepherds come to the manger, and the angel says to them, good tidings, you angelizo, of great joy, and what does it say this is to? To all people. It doesn't mean to every individual. This is not good tidings of great joy to the Baptists that don't believe the truth or to the Hindu. It's not good tidings to them. This is the gospel being preached to Pas Laos. Laos, we think of the land of Laos. Laos means people to all people or to the Gentiles. That's what the message or to the Gentile elect. That's why Jesus was born, to preach to the Gentiles. To, so the Jews' eyes would be blinded and those people that were in darkness, so they could come to the light and see. So God's going to have this to all people. Now, and he says over here, and while Paul's talking to, uh, to Agrippa, he says, from to open their eyes that's the Gentiles who were blind to bring them from darkness to light that's pardoning and releasing from prison that's forgiveness isn't it but he says that in the next phrase from the power of Satan of God that they may receive pardon and release from prison the word is forgiveness aphesis. it means to pardon and release from prison if you would really stop and think about it, it's very simple. They were in darkness. They were in prison. And Paul said, my job is to take the gospel to the Gentiles in my lifetime. And what were all of his books? Romans? 1st and 2nd Corinthians? Weren't those Gentile churches? Galatians? Wasn't that a Gentile church? Ephesians? Philippians, weren't those Gentile churches? Colossians, first and second Thessalonians, first and second Timothy. Timothy is passing a Gentile church, and God said He would have all men be saved. To Timothy at this Gentile church over here in Ephesus, He would have all men be saved. In other words, the Gentiles over at Ephesus they were forbidden from preaching to them in the Old Testament you cannot come up with a simple answer to the spirits in prison. You have to understand the Old Testament, why the Gen- Jews were blinded, why God opened up to, to the Gentiles, and why were the Jews blinded?
1: Why? Somebody tell me. Huh? Disobedience.
0: They were disobedient. What did they do? They did
1: worship
0: huh? Baal worship. Who did it Baal worship? Well, who was that? The
1: sun god.
0: It was the sun god. And when was his birthday?
1: 1225. <laughs>
0: 1225. <laughs> 1225. December the 25th. When Constantine brought this sun and tree worshiper into the church... I keep saying it was the same thing that Israel went after. And I'm going to keep saying this. The reason we know it was the same thing that Israel went after in the Old Testament for over 500 years, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 years, they kept going after it. Very few of the kings would be obedient to God. And the Jews kept going after Baal. Grove, Shemash. Moleg, Molech. These two right here were the gods of what we call Jordan today, but it was the gods of the land of Ammon and of Moab. It was the sun and tree gods. Venus. Aphrodite. They were going after everything. You can read Ephesians. Not Ephesians. Started with an E. Uh, Ezra. <laughs> you look at Ezra, the ninth chapter, the first few verses, one through four. That's where Ezra came back to Israel on a, on the third decree that came from Artaxerxes. Art, we'll call him Art, and they come back, and Israel is back to their old tricks worshiping all the gods of the Ammonites, the Perizzites, the Hittites. They're going after all these gods. And Ezra said, what are you doing? God brought all this trouble upon us because of this, and you're back to worshiping their gods? Are you out of your minds? Something else. Well, Paul said... God sent me to bring forgiveness of sins to the Gentiles and inheritance among them which are sanctified they're set apart by faith that is in me. The Gentiles have been set up but that'll only be the predestinated pro-horizo that's the word predestinate horizo is our word horizon horizon and the horizon is the division of day and night, and light and darkness, just like the word prison is. And we were darkness, but now we light in the Lord. We're to walk as children of light. Now let's go back and look at one other verse. I'm not going to give you all the verses I gave you last week in Isaiah 42nd chapter. Isaiah 42. Isaiah says the Gentiles are in the light and they're going to be, they were in the darkness, they're going to come to the light. Isaiah 42. I can't get to all this. This is going to move us right into Christmas. Look at verse 1. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Then verse 8. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, Isaiah, to open the blind eyes. Who was that? The Gentiles couldn't see spiritual things for a 4,000-year period from Adam to Jesus. They couldn't see. To open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness. Untruths. Worshipping the sun and the tree gods whether people like that or not, that tree that they worship, that grove is the Christmas tree. It's a tree goddess. It was, I keep saying, if you look in McLennan and Strong under Ashtaroth, that's a generic term. That's a generic term for the tree goddess or for Venus and they will tell you when you're about three quarters of the way through that article over several pages that Venus was always worshipped in the form of a cone or in the form of a triangle just like a tree that's the way she's worshipped and when you get in Layard's Nineveh, you can actually get a copy of this. Layard's Nineveh. Mr. Layard researched overseas. He published this in 1849. And he said that since they worshiped these gods and goddesses in the stars, they would always put a star on top. The Bible says... They put a platform on them. If that's not at the Christmas tree, I'll eat my hat, and I don't even have a hat. I'll buy one and eat it. It's just astounding to me. Now, let's read the rest of this open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison that's the same thing Jesus said in Luke four eighteen. that's the same thing Isaiah said in Luke 61 and in Isaiah 61 and 1 and then that's sitting in darkness out of the prison how do people get everything so messed up let me read some verses to you how that I'm going to get to that I'm going to get to this. This is about light and darkness. In fact, the Gentiles, Paul tells them, I'm going to read a couple of verses again, and then I'll put this on the board. Is this too much, or am I kind of saying it clear? I don't believe the Bible was written to people so it would be hard to be understood I'm not saying things that are hard to be understood it's easy if you realize the Gentiles couldn't see truth they were blinded all through the Old Testament it wasn't until God blinded the eyes of the Jews when Jesus came and in Acts 2 he poured out of his spirit on all flesh that's talking about all the Gentiles when you think Gentile Think red, yellow, white, black, and brown people. I don't know what color the Jews were. They were Maybe they were dark brown or tan. I don't know. That don't matter. It matters what's in a person's heart. That's all. That's all that matters. If God convicts your heart, that's it. Now... I want to, Paul said, he tells this to an Ephesian church, you were darkness,
1: but now are
0: ye light. Just think, Division of day and night, light and darkness, that's prison. Predestinate means to prearrange for somebody to come out of darkness to the light, to the horizon. Do you realize that when you are in the horizon is the only time you can see the boundary of light? When you're in darkness, at nighttime... You can't see the horizon, can you? We can walk outside, we can't see the horizon. We can look to the east and we still can't see it. But when you're in the light, you can see the whole red zone. God has pro ho us, predetermined us for the light to be out of prison. But that's because he's rebuked us and we've repented. Like I said, forgiveness means to pardon and release from prison, and we are not paroled. Paroled, you gotta report to a parole officer. We're not on parole. We are as guilty of sin as any of these guys in prison. And we've been punished less than our iniquities deserve. Now, let's look at a couple of things that Paul said. Go over here. Go back. Let me give you some of his verses. Go over here to to Acts. Well, I've already given you that. Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2 verse 19. I'm going to give you some of these. Romans 2. He's talking to the church at Rome. Rome is a Gentile church. They didn't preach to Rome over in the Old Testament. Romans 2. And verse 19. Let's read uh, 18 and 19. We'll read 17 through 19. Behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of God and knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind and a light to them which are in darkness. He said that's what some people that Rome thought, and they weren't. Now look here in in Romans thirteen.
1: Let me see here.
0: Okay. Romans thirteen and twelve. You see, every time you find light and darkness, they have a meaning to that. And the and the Romans were Gentiles. And they had been in darkness. And he says here in Romans 13 and 12. 13 and 12. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, Roman Gentile church, for now is our salvation nearer, than when we believed. Is that the verse I wanted? Yeah, 13 and 12. And the night is forespent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Every time you see darkness and light referred to, it's talking about sin or untruth or unbelief versus belief. Now look here at, Paul says this all through all of his writings. Look here at 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. You don't think of light being that real intricate till you look at these things, do you? 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Was Corinth the Gentile church? Absolutely. 1 Corinthians 4. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come who, hath, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Then shall every man have praise of God. Every man in the church. Every man in the Gentile church at Corinth. Now look at Second Corinthians 4 and 4. Light and darkness is taking on a different meaning, isn't it? Was Corinth a Gentile church? Absolutely. They weren't Jews there. God has got the Jews blinded. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to read this, 4 and 4. Look at verse 3. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world... Who's the only God of this world? Huh? Jehovah. Jehovah God. Thou believest that there's one God, thou doest Well, There's only one God. The God of this world and most commentators call this Satan. Satan is not a God. He's the servant of God, isn't he? Only evil he can do is the man he wants him to do just like he did with Job. Satan said, turn him over to my hands and I'll make him curse you. God says, all right, I'm going to put him in your hands. You cannot touch his body and you can't kill him. Do you understand me, Satan? He said, yes, sir. and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, the gospel is preaching to the Gentiles, isn't it? The light. Euangelizo. That that word gospel is the word euangelion. It is the noun form of euangelizo. It means the well message which is the gospel. The gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. I don't want certain men's they're not elect their vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Now look over here at Second at Corinthians four seventeen four seventeen. Well that's a different that's a different word, excuse me. That's a different word. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Look here in Second Corinthians six seven six fourteen. I hope this will show you how a little word like light and darkness is so important because that's what he brought to the Gentiles. Second Corinthians six fourteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? You're supposed to separate from the world that is in darkness and preaching lies. You can't run away with somebody because they call themselves a Christian. Can you? It's the same thing that John said in 2 John 10. If anyone comes preaching any other doctrine, didache means instruction. Do not bid him Godspeed. Don't send him on their way and say, hey, "We hope you have a good trip on your journey." You can't do that. You can't fellowship with these unfruitful works of darkness. And you go to 2 Corinthians 6:14. Well, I went to 6 and 14. <laughs> Let's read on. And what concord hath Christ with Belial, another name for Satan? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God? Which temple ye are with idols... For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, and I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Don't walk with people that are unbelievers. You mean I can't eat with them? No. You can be polite to them, but if somebody... If somebody wants to invite me to their house, I'm going to say, you don't mind if I talk about the Lord all the time? I'm there, do you? Well, we want you to do that, then I won't come. I'm not going to go somewhere I can't talk about truth. Nowhere. I have to go to the grocery store, but if I feel like saying something, I'm just not trying to offend people, but if I say somebody say how you doing i'm doing like i was yesterday and i'll probably do the same way tomorrow and then i'll die and go be with the lord one day i've said that to checkers more than once and i always go look like when you mention jesus in public i try to say anything that gets somebody's attention you know what i've come to realize people don't want jesus in their conversation you can say the lord or god well you mentioned jesus that gets real personal who you know when i was young somebody would mention jesus and i would get embarrassed because they were mentioning the other jesus the sissy jesus when i talk about jesus i'm talking about what the jesus with eyes of flame, a flame of fire coming back Taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. In flaming fire, he's coming back. I'm not talking about the same Jesus they're talking about. Now, look here in Second Corinthians 11. No, not 11, excuse me. Ephesians 5. Look at Ephesians 5. How much time do I have, Mike? I'm not going to get to all this. Ephesians 5 and verse 5. No, verse 8. Verse 8. You, Ephesian Gentiles, were once darkness, but now are you light in the in the Lord walk as children of light or truth don't walk like you used to walk you were darkness but now you light walk as children of light look at 5.13 but all things that are re- reproved are made manifest by the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light Why do you think he's talking about light and darkness so much to these Gentile churches? He's talking about truth and a lie. What he's talking about? Look here at Ephesians 5.14. Well, I don't have that page on my Bible. Read that for me, somebody.
1: Wherefore, he says, Awake thou that sleeps, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light.
0: Christ shall give thee light. Awake. Anybody that's asleep. Now, look over here in Colossians 1. Is Colossians a Gentile church? Yes. Absolutely. Were they... Was they... (laughs) Colossians right in here right there so on the western end of Turkey or Asia Minor that is right there they're a Gentile church why is Paul mentioning to all these Gentile churches the light because God sent him to call them to light to the truth to the horizon to the horizon now Colossians 1 I, I'm, the only reason I'm reading all these verses is to drive it in the ground. You know what I'm saying? I just want to overwhelm you with all these verses that Paul's talking about the light and the darkness to these Gentile churches. They were darkness, but now are they light. Walk in the light. Walk in truth. You know, every time he says this, it's like a stab in the heart. He says here in Colossians 1, verse Verse, uh, verse eleven strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all nations and su- longsuffering and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Gentile church who hath delivered us from the power of darkness unforgiveness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son and that's the kingdom of light of truth and look over here in first Corinth first Thessalonians 5 is Thessalonians a gentile church it sure is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5. Well, let me read. Yeah, Let me back up to verse 5. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We're not of the night, nor of the darkness, or of lies. Therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and let it be drunken or drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Is there any doubt in your mind what what that means when you see light and darkness? Look here in 1 Timothy 6. First Tim, was Timothy? He was pastor of the church at Ephesus. So when you read Ephesus, you got to read First Timothy. First Timothy, six and sixteen. First Timothy six. And verse sixteen Who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto means all the Gentiles, whom no man has seen nor yet see, to whom be honor and everlasting and power everlasting, amen. And look at Second Timothy. 1 and 10 speaking of Christ verse 9 who has saved us and called us with an holy calling remember we are the called ecclesia means out means to call out of this world to live right not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Given to who? The Gentiles. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through. The Uangalizo, the gospel. And Jesus said, I came to preach the gospel to those that are in prison.
1: Can you see that? Do I have any time, Mike?
0: Look at First Peter 2 and 9. First Peter. That's right at the very end. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. He's called you out of prison. Peter says, and Peter's writing this, this book to the Gentiles in Cappadocia and Galatia in the first verse, and to Asia and Bithynia. He's writing to the Gentiles here. He's called you out of darkness to his glorious light. That's the truth. That's to the horizon, to the rizzo, And then you go to 2 Peter 1 and 10. 2 Peter 1 and 19. 2 Peter. And I, you can tie together more things here than just darkness and light. 2 Peter 1 and 19. We have also more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed until light that shineth in darkness until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. This day star was called the morning star. That was the Pleiades that the Jews said brought the sap up in the vine and gave them the fruits And what is the morning star now? It's spiritual. It's Christ, according to the 22nd chapter of Revelation. He's the morning star and brings the true light and fruit of the Spirit to us. I've got so much more on this. I'm going to have to give you. This has to do. With the Jews ceasing to worship the gods of darkness. When he tells them there at Ephesus, You were darkness, but now you light, all of their gods were worshiped. Uh, All their gods were worshiped as the gods of darkness. It started with the winter
1: solstice.
0: And this, these little triangles are nothing but what you've got in your hand there. It's this, it's the earth on its axis. The winter solstice is, or the summer solstice is here in the middle of summer, June 21st. And then every three months, you go through a change. You get to, you get to the Winter equinox. And that's when, at the winter equinox, that was three months later June, July, August, September. That was September the 21st. And the next day, you get to the end of the harvest, end of harvest. When you get, when you start into the, the equinox means equal night. That means at that point, there's 12 hours in the day and 12 hours in the night. That's what, equinox means equal night. Nox means night. It means equinox means 12 hours a day, 12 hours of the night. I've got on these papers, it says that the next day, that 30 seconds, approximately 30 seconds a day is being lost. And you may have 11 hours, 59 minutes in a day. And then that increases as you get towards the winter solstice. This is nothing but the earth going in its orbit around the sun. And they determined whether they were going to worship their gods. The earth slants at 23 and a half degrees. And as the earth is going through its elliptical orbits over here in the northern hemisphere this would be winter winter and this would be fall and this would be summer and this would be spring and the whole idea was when they got to When they started into the fall, this was the light decreasing. Let's just say that's the sun. We're going to make it smaller and smaller to get down here to the winter solstice, the longest nights of the year. And they had all of their gods that they worship, starting with the end of the harvest, Because they're saying some gods stole their crops away and took them down into the ground. And not until the spring or to the the solstice, the spring solstice, or excuse me, spring equinox. That's when they served all their gods during this dark time. And that would start with Halloween. And would end with Ishtar up here, or what they tried to call Easter. Easter was just a goddess of spring in England. So they worshiped, and their gods were gods of darkness because there's less light through this time of the year, from here to here. So when Paul tells the Ephesians, You were darkness, you were darkness. But now you light. As we come to the harvest, after March, April, March the 21st, was the spring or the vernal, that's another name for the spring, equinox, equal night, you go into the light. Well, that's, they knew they had to have a light to have crops. But they said, we're not going to have this one out of every seven years as a sabbatical year. Moses, you must think we're out of our minds to listen to you. Moses doesn't explain to him you have to rotate crops. We're not going to do that. We'll go find gods to serve that will let us have the what we want to have. And we won't take a year off every seven years. So they go after Baal and the grove, and these are all gods of darkness through this dark time of the year where nothing is growing. And they worship those gods. That's Baal and the grove and Shemash and Molech. And they had the winter solstice here, December the 21st. So at Rome, they had a feast of Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods. This goes along with the Gentiles coming to the light. In order to partake in the promise of God, which is Deuteronomy 28... This is God's covenant with Israel. You serve me. You keep all my commandments. Keep these sabbatical years and all the rest of my commandments and don't go after other gods. And they did. They went after these gods of darkness. So God blinds their eyes and says, I'm going to give the Gentiles. I'm going to bring them. I've got an elect family among the Gentiles. I bring them to the light. And that's me and you. That's us. And when he says, you are darkness, but now you light in the Lord, or he tells Colossians, he's brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. That's the truth. And to partake in God's promise, you've got to be partaking of the crop season. And that's all of the seasons, the first Passover was in the season of March-April, the first month of their harvest year. And then 50 days after that was Pentecost, or the Feast of first fruits. It's about food. That's what these festivals are about. So when he tells the Colossians, or he tells the Ephesians, I tell the Thessalonians, you were the darkness over here, and you were living in darkness, and you didn't have the truth over here in the Old Testament, and you're Gentiles, but now God is calling you to the light, and you were in prison because you were spiritually in prison. God wouldn't let you see. Can you see that? That's not... I don't know of anybody that preaches this. I didn't get this out of a book. I got it out of one book, the Bible. I've been studying these Old Testament gods that Israel went after for years, and I woke up one day and said, that sounds like Greek and Roman god worship that Israel was involved in. And that's exactly what they were involved in. And the Bible says Babylon mothered all harlots, and she was fatted on self or let us make us a name. Self is what it was about. And they said, we're going to be into self by worshiping these gods of darkness here when you have the darkest season when no crops are growing. How in the world does Israel think they can go after gods where no crops are growing? It's crazy. How can America think they can experience the blessings of God when they don't believe the Bible? when they don't believe predestination, when they don't believe that Christmas is Christ's mass. This thing of the Gentiles coming to the light, can you see it's leading us right into Christmas? Isn't it? Because Christmas was the gods of darkness. It was the god of Saturn. At the Saturnalia, at December the 17th, through the 24th and in Rome they appealed to Saturn the father of the gods to tell his son to come back and and so they had a birthday for the unconquerable son on December the 25th right after this festival of Saturn they gave Christmas its pagan December the 25th was the birthday of Mithra at Rome, the chief sun god of Rome. It was the birthday of all the gods of the ancient world. Christmas is heathenism. This is the very reason for Israel going after all these gods in the Old Testament. That's why the World Trade Center came down and I'll go into that next week it just amazes me that but if you don't know Old Testament you don't know they went after the sun gods that Israel went after God blinded their eyes so he could open the eyes of the Gentiles am I out of time I'm going to come back bring your paper back will you I'm going to go through this can you see that Israel went after the gods of darkness, just like all the Gentiles did. God says, I'll blind your eyes and I'll open their eyes and bring them from darkness to light. And that was the spirits in prison. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. God, help us to see these things. It's so important to understand the details of Scripture. Thank you for your word. Fight our battles for us, Lord. I don't feel like fighting no more. Just don't feel like it. I pray you'll deal with my enemies. People, try to stop this ministry. Stop them, Lord. We'll praise you for everything. Fight our battles. In Christ's name, amen. I may say this a dozen times, but maybe it'll help you to see. Thanks Happy birthday. birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the um, second email? Yeah, in? I got it. Oh, good. For Omaha? Yeah, it's in there. Oh, good. Damn.
0: I don't know how we can teach this without teaching about Christmas being pagan. The you?
1: Nope. It's all time. It's pagan, them.
0: as uh, pagan as it can be, and Gentiles. Word for darkness
1: and out of all light. You and I are Gentiles. Yeah, it is something. Mm-hmm. It is something to me every time I get into it. And the will, don't. I right now. it. has <laughs> got it. it. you? You're going go over Oh, i didn't oh, I, didn't oh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 I do